0: Today's episode of Transform Your Workplace is brought to you by Zenium HR. Find everything you need to conquer HR and payroll in one place. At Zenium, you'll get increased bandwidth, unparalleled expertise, and you'll be able to transform your workplace to attract and retain great employees. Learn more about Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solution at zeniumhr.com. In today's episode of Transform Your Workplace, I have a conversation with Eli Blackman. Eli is the co-founder and CEO of Field Day. And we're talking about volunteering. Volunteering is great in so many ways. What I love most about it is when you do it as an organization, it's a great team building activity, especially if you do it on a regular basis. It brings people together, connects them in various ways. And also it does good in the community. So in this episode, we're talking about creating a culture of giving back to local nonprofits to boost employee morale, job satisfaction, and retention. And the biggest takeaway from this episode is that you're going to learn how to build a workplace volunteer program from the ground up. Enjoy today's episode. Make sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you like what you heard, make sure to click subscribe on Apple Podcasts and if You would share it with a friend, share it on social media. That would be fantastic. Thanks so much. Enjoy the conversation with Eli Blackman. Eli, thanks for coming on Transform Your Workplace. How are you doing?
1: Good. Thank you for having me. It's great to finally meet
0: you, Brandon. You co-founded and are the CEO of a company called Field Day. And what's interesting is I'm, you know, I'm looking at your resume and you've got like this background in marketing, product, and tech for big companies, Amazon, AWS, Elemental. But yet this company that you just created is about volunteerism. And it's a SaaS-based platform. So talk to me about how you got from there to to here. It's a big shift.
1: Yeah, it's it's a big shift if you look more recently at kind of my career progression. But my career did start out at Elemental when it was quite small. So around 10 folks. And so startup land is something that I had been in for a while, not at a founding level, like definitely not at a founding level, but when everyone was wearing a lot of hats. So that's where you know I was testing the product at first in QA, and then I was managing our consumer product, which the company had pivoted away from. So it was okay to give this super green junior person the product to manage because (laughs) the stakes were low. As we grew a little bit, I did go more core into into marketing. And Elemental did grow and scale uh, and was acquired by AWS, by Amazon. And so that's, that's where I got that big company experience as well. And so it, it really has been a progression over basically 13 years. The idea for Field Day came from that entire experience. So at Elemental, we Really wanted to give back to the community to just be involved in the community from an early stage. you know we didn't have a lot of resources from a budget financial standpoint, so we just started volunteering together, um, ad hoc events and using word of mouth to find nonprofits that were around looking for groups of volunteers and it became something that that folks really liked and looked forward to and so we ended up creating a structure around the program where Folks could bring in existing relationships they had with nonprofits as long as they fit in our focus areas. And we ended up volunteering with over 30 nonprofits in the Portland metro area on a regular basis at least once or twice a year and in some cases more like monthly and because there were so many of these events and there were smaller events folks could kind of just participate when they were able and when they wanted to and it became this really strong cultural element of Elemental became kind of known a little bit in the community and so as folks were applying to work at Elemental they knew about the program or the program attracted them to apply We started measuring the business value around what folks thought the impact on their morale their job satisfaction their likelihood to stay with the company post-acquisition by amazon you know this was something that was really important to the leaders to the founders of the company and just because it was so culturally embedded so important to the the people as as employees that might have started as volunteers with a lot of these orgs, but ended up joining committees to help with marketing or communications for the nonprofit, becoming donors, joining boards. And so it was this whole kind of evolution, not just for us as a company, but for people's lives as individuals and their personal identities. And so that impact on the community as a whole was something that we really wanted to carry forward post acquisition. And so I put together, with a lot of help, a proposal that went up the chain at Amazon to take. Elemental's model around community engagement, which was this structured program that did have someone running it, Emily Barrett, who remains a, a superstar in this area, but had really, you know, gotten going without a full-time headcount. Take this model that we had really operated manually and pilot it in other cities where Amazon had a local employee presence, had a significant employee presence. So that went to the top of AWS. I got to present the proposal, it got approved. And so I worked for Amazon's global corporate community engagement team for a year to start evaluating platforms since we did have the resources to invest in a platform to operate these kinds of programs. And that was where I really noticed a, a gap in the market to help companies not only get these programs off the ground, but give employees the tools to leverage things like volunteer time off, to know where to get involved, to do so with their colleagues, and then measure and report the data that, that came out of that. And so a lot of the platforms that are focused on corporate social responsibility are really more on the financial side. So employee match programs, corporate grants. And so the monetary tracking and processing is the main focus. And the employee engagement side, the volunteer side is, I wouldn't say an afterthought, but it's it's much more difficult to centralize a lot of that work. And so that was something that I and we did notice was a, was a gap and sort of Really seeded the idea for Field Day. That was still a couple of years before before taking the leap, but that was when when it really started becoming a little stronger of a of an inkling, I'd say.
0: Yeah, it was like a it was like a pet project at, at that point, and then it was, then you actually created a, a business around it. So many questions come up for me. Let's see what, which way I want to take this. When you're at Elemental, how many employees did you have at the time when you started really making a concerted effort towards volunteering? I'm just kind of get a sense for the size.
1: That's a good question. I think it shifted from kind of ad hoc events mm-hmm. to something that was more programmatic. Probably at about fifty to seventy-five. Yeah, folks.
0: I was going to say because, like in in my world, like in the HR consulting, payroll processing world, we we tend to find that you know you're in startup mode from 0 to like 50 basically and then at 50 you have all these like things that come up from an hr perspective that need to scale properly and so that's when you hire a first hr person you might explore a platform and that to me in just hearing you talk it sounds like elemental went through that you're in startup mode family feel now you're bringing in extra people and people care about the community they want to volunteer they want a programmatic approach to it and that's when you started probably dedicating a lot of resources. The way you were describing it, though, sounds like resource heavy. So, who's coordinating all of it? I don't know if you're tracking ROI and, and what, in terms of the give back to the community, but like give me a sense for who's running this thing while you're in startup mode.
1: Yeah. So, this, the structure around the program was we had a, what we called an employee champion model. So each nonprofit we had a relationship with had an employee who basically owned that relationship and was in charge of setting up at least one—I don't know what the minimum was—but at least one or two events with that nonprofit a year.
0: But meanwhile, they have their own job. Yes, this is a side
1: (laughs) passion project. I think a lot of, in terms of like the the general volunteer benefits of a volunteer program data out there, like gives folks a chance to kind of show up in a, a different way than in their day-to-day job, You know, like a little bit of leadership experience from coordinating that event. I don't know how strong that is, but these are folks that do have an interest in helping out in the community, but also like representing the the company in that way. And so that was the model that, that we used and is a pretty typical model in this area. But again, takes a ton of coordination just because those fo- it is it is a side thing for them. It's not something that they're getting measured on or that sort of thing. And so that was a big piece of it. And then starting to set goals around the program really drove output around it. And it's something that just like with any program, like measuring and you know checking in on progress and iterating. It's really important for these programs to get a level of visibility because it's not going to be, it shouldn't be like a required thing to volunteer. It should be, you know, you get folks to participate. They see how great it is. They see how they're able to not only connect with folks more deeply within their team, but get to know folks on the finance team if they're in marketing and get to know their families and all of these benefits that come with getting out in the community that way that is like different from a happy hour that's centered around alcohol or purely just Talking to somebody, and so it's going to skew extrovert. And these are events that are super accessible. You're getting to meet and learn about nonprofits and the folks leading those nonprofits that identified this need in our community and are actually doing something about it. So it's super inspirational. And so, like, when folks start participating for the first time, that's when it starts to really, really stick and grow. And that was something that we really honed in on at Elemental and saw a little bit of the magic from it. And that's where we started creating structure around it. So we had employee champions and then we had a committee that was kind of a smaller number of those champions, kind of making a couple of those decisions around the direction of the program that met, I think, bimonthly or quarterly. We had a couple of folks that were leading it at different stages as part of their core responsibilities and of course like that is hugely helpful to have someone operating the program but transitioning to field day like what we really saw was these programs can get spun up and maintained and grown at these smaller companies without being a nike with a corporate social responsibility team or social impact team that is five or 10 people or something like that. And so that is what we are really trying to unlock is the ability for companies that are of small to medium size to get this into their culture because they've had Mm -hmm. good intentions around it. They know their people want it. They just don't know how to operate it from a efficiency standpoint.
0: Yeah. I think that's what's fascinating about your story is that you're well intentioned. You're trying to do good in the community and I'm sure when the the acquisition happened to Amazon and you took this to them and they're probably like, well, like, how do we scale this across all of Amazon if they're even considering that? And so that probably like was the aha for you in some respects, like, oh, well we don't have a technology around this or maybe you had to go explore it and probably solve the gaps. And so it's it's just interesting where like your startup mode and then interact with this giant global company. And they're like, well, you know, got shareholders stakeholders and we need to have something scale we can't just have resources drained for this so that probably was like oh well i'm gonna go create a company now because this can scale and you can still have people passionate around it while also leveraging a technology to make it a lot easier Is that about right
1: yeah that is about right there's a lot of stuff that like a platform or a tool by itself can't solve in terms of making sure there's policy and structure around the program. But a lot of those things we can embed into the technology to make it easier for a company to launch and scale that kind of program and include folks wherever they are. So that's the the long-term roadmap for Field Day is that you know anyone, any employee in a community can find events, nonprofits, and events with those nonprofits that they can go participate in, not only with their colleagues, but from a broader scale with their social communities, you know, there's so many groups of folks that want to embed that into their personal culture because that's where their values lie. And so being able to do that, again, efficiently and giving nonprofits the tools to grow their level of awareness and engagement with someone who might start out again as a volunteer, but then become a donor, become a, a champion for that nonprofit and grow their reach is really both sides are, are hugely, hugely benefiting.
0: Because you have such a, a long-standing background in, in volunteerism, like it's, it seemed like it was core to Elemental's culture, and, and you've carried that on probably with everybody you interact with. So you know it's the right thing to do. What, what kind of research have you done, or do you have data around what volunteerism inside of an organization, what it does for the culture and the community at large?
1: Yeah, when it breaks down to it, it's really about belonging Mm. especially as we've transitioned to hybrid or remote first workplaces. You know, I think three quarters of US companies are either now hybrid or planning on going hybrid permanently. That's something that folks want in terms of flexibility as employees. You know, we'll see how that evolves and develops over time, but that's a huge chunk of the employee population in the States. And so with that, For leaders, it's the number one challenge that they're facing is being able to relationship build among their people. From a belonging standpoint, you know, folks are feeling lonelier at work. They have fewer work friendships. They have virtual coffee chats that they're not really interested in attending, you know, compared to something that's getting to know someone in real life. And so that's a huge piece is, is this belonging piece. And the data around volunteerism is really straight line to belonging. So being able to build camaraderie through shared experiences. So something that folks as a group can look back on together. There's a huge piece around prioritizing Rest and renewal. And from a renewal standpoint, burnout being so rampant today, you know, it was definitely at a peak during the pandemic. But if you look at the things that go into burnout, things like stress, uncertainty, and isolation. That is something that both with hybrid workplaces as well as potentially tough economic environment, those are things that are not going away anytime soon. And so that renewal piece of being able to step away from the computer, if your job is at a computer and getting into a different environment, that's a huge piece of revitalization for folks. And then getting out in the community together. So building that sense of meaning and connection that Working towards something that has a joint purpose for folks. Those are all pieces that really tie folks together at companies and develop that sense of belonging and established volunteer programs that are culturally embedded. They hit all three points there. And so that is something that really ends up driving and moving the needle from a cultural standpoint. So, with volunteer programs, you're creating a space where folks can make those new connections that I was talking about, whether it's deeper connections within teams or getting to know folks across teams, getting together as a team and, and promoting that teamwork, that that sense of belonging. And then overall, just well-being and morale overall. So 80% of folks that participate in volunteer events see a decrease in stress, report that improved mental health and reduced stress levels after volunteering. From a broad data standpoint, those are some of the trends around why it's beneficial to participate in these events. For us, we've kind of dived a little deeper into what our customers are are seeing. And so we've done some of our, our own research and data polling there. And especially as folks are looking at connecting teams more in different ways. So, so we're comparing uh, volunteering together with other types of activities. And 81% have said that, that volunteering is a better type of team building activity than alternatives. You know, things like, again, virtual happy hours or escape rooms or scavenger hunts. I think
0: people are worn out with the happy hours over Zoom.
1: Totally, totally. (laughs) And so this is something that has been direct feedback from folks. And then 83% of folks saying that it contributes to their job satisfaction. Again, really in line with with what we saw at Elemental. And then 87% saying that these are participants in in the volunteer events saying that they believe that their company cares about the community and so when you think about not just the the individual benefits but what it does from an employer brand standpoint from potentially a, a passive recruiting standpoint
0: yeah like i was thinking attraction and retention like it would be huge totally. because a lot of the talent out there they they're going to go work for somebody that's doing good in the community and yeah if you're not yeah. and it's profit only and that that's all you care about you're probably going to have people walking out the door or never applying in the first place
1: Yeah, there's that, especially with the younger generations that are making up a larger percentage of the workforce. But then you take a look at these people that are participating in your programs, like once they are with your company from a retention standpoint, companies that integrate corporate social responsibility into their culture see a 50% decrease in turnover. And so from a number standpoint, from an ROI standpoint, that is significant cost savings when you think about 12% regretted attrition as an average for for companies annually. Those are some of the the data points that we are actually tying the platform into in terms of future integrations with HR systems and looking at average tenure of, of employees based on who's participating in, in the program or is not participating in the program. And you think of how you can leverage, you know, as a company, some of these folks that are participating in these programs that are getting you out in the community. These are your ambassadors. These are folks that are going to be recruiting their past colleagues or folks that they know to come work for your company. These are some of your, again, most engaged employees and employees that are proud to be working at the company that they do. And so these benefits drive a serious value when it comes to the company's bottom line. So that's the
0: employer side of the equation. I want to talk about the nonprofit side real quick. Years ago, I, I listened to this podcast where it was talking about the economics of a nonprofit organization and how like, you know, whether it's donors or grants, they have to use a certain amount of money for marketing, just like any of our organizations. And so for somebody like you or me who may donate to certain nonprofits, you want to see most of that money going directly to whoever they're serving versus like administrative fees and marketing. I wasn't going to go this direction, but it seems like a platform like yours would help nonprofits market because you're building a community, a marketplace, so to speak, that Connects the two versus they don't have to drain their resources on social media, advertising, content, whatever they do to get in front of their audience. You're that,
1: right? We're a part of that for sure. As far as social media goes and their audience, Like they, of course, control their brand and their message. But they can use Field Day as that platform to get that message out and connect with companies where they're looking at more engagement Between not only the company and them, but the people at the company and them, while also just using really nice technology to execute these events and track signups, get the data roll up that comes out of that. So the nonprofits that are using Field Day for their events, whether these are events that are open to the public or they're specific for companies, all of that data is in their own team hub as a nonprofit. And so they are able to see the number of groups of companies that they're engaging on an annual basis. They're able to see the number of individuals, of volunteer hours, and they can use this data. This is huge data when they're going to apply for grants and do fundraising that they're trying to scrounge up manually right now in a lot of cases, but is really critical information for grant applications where they want, they need to be able to demonstrate how they're bringing the community along with them. the work that they do there's that engagement piece that marketing piece of being able to have their profile on the platform that's available to the public, the types of opportunities that you can do with them to engage. But there's also just purely the technology side, like using Field Day for free as a nonprofit, as a platform to organize and manage your volunteer events and the people that are attending those events and and exporting that and tracking it in your CRM. And so to be honest, like there's not a lot of, you know, traditionally nonprofits as a market is not a hugely lucrative market to go after for companies, for technology companies, especially. And so a lot of the technology that nonprofits use is not necessarily first class. So they're either using spreadsheets and tracking things manually or they're paying a lot for a platform that can be subpar in a lot of cases. So there is just the purely the tooling side as well. but but definitely the main value proposition is on helping especially these smaller nonprofits get the word out about what they're doing because not everyone is Habitat for Humanity. Or that sort of level of nonprofit name recognition, just pure name recognition, yeah, that's true.
0: so for listeners, you might have a mixture of audience. you might have some nonprofit members here. you might have some HR people who are like probably in the in the depths of like coordinating volunteer programs. Give us a quick overview. how does it work if somebody's interested in learning more like what how does the platform work
1: so, You can go to our website and actually check it out and and get on today. So we have a really streamlined experience for getting both the company side and the nonprofit side on the platform. So our website is heyfieldday.com. That's H-E-Y fieldday.com. And folks can start, they can create a team. If you're a company, you can create a team, invite your members to your team and start using it to find and sign up with nonprofits for volunteer events. The way it works is that once you have a team created, you are then able to browse the list of activities that nonprofits have put on there and coordinate a date and time directly with the nonprofit on the platform. So that back and forth is, you know, if folks have used Airbnb between a host and a guest, a little bit of that coordination while saving a ton of time instead of over email or trying to track those levels of communication. Once a date and time is agreed to, that automatically creates an event page that notifies folks that there's a new event to sign up for. And so folks at the company then can go to the event page and register. And then they have, you know, all the kind of event bright type of things, calendar downloads and automatic reminders, notifications, that sort of thing, message board if you have an announcement to make or a question for the nonprofit. So, again, really focused on streamlining a ton of the logistics just because, again, people have good intentions here, but it, it might not be number one on their list. And so really like taking a lot of the legwork out of it makes it a lot easier to get folks involved in the community. And then again the the data piece that comes out of running all these events on in one place uh, is a huge focus for us. On the nonprofit side, again, same sort of system in terms of going going to the website, you can fill out a form. We do a quick vetting. You can also set up a call with us to learn more. We talk to folks all the time, of course, at our stage. It's a huge benefit to be able to work with both sides, with HR professionals. I should also say it doesn't need to be adopted top-down. It doesn't have to be rolled out for the entire company. We have teams within companies that are using the platform as well because they just want to use it to get their team more involved and find ways to connect with the community in that way. And so it's kind of both this bottoms up approach and top down for the, for the company side of things.
0: love that. I'm sure when it comes to software, the questions people always come up with, well, what's, how do you make your money? What's the, what's the pricing model, whatever. So is my understanding, you don't charge nonprofits. They can actually just go sign up That's right. and build a profile. If like you vet them. So if you don't, align with whatever they're doing, you, you may not allow them on the platform, right? But on the employer side, you say they can get started right away, but it's a freemium approach, right? So you you give them access for, let's say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, maybe 90 days. Yeah. And then there's some sort of monthly fee after that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we have, we have a tiered model where it is a freemium approach. So there's a level of usage where you can use the platform for free. And that's how you start kind of dipping a toe in the water. And then we have two additional tiers. You know, we have an enterprise tier, depending on if you need single sign-on as a company or some of the enterprise features that come along with that. And then we have basically a general employer tier for any company that is a, a paid subscription and comes with additional features, but you can get started for free. And so that's, a again, really minimizing the friction here. It's a huge benefit for especially smaller teams that want to get going quickly, don't need to go through kind of this large engagement process.
0: You know, this is another example where in my world and probably in every industry, we talk about like technology and artificial intelligence, all these things that like you think of disruptive. And I like to think like embracing a platform or embracing whatever actually helps us it frees us up to do the, the work that's most important. In this case, you have a platform that scales the manual, you know, the HR people and the leaders coordinating a group of people and their emails back and forth. And it solves those problems so they can spend more time volunteering.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the goal of this is to take out all the pieces that are not really adding value to anybody and really centralizing it around the content, the experience, the the part that people do want to do, do want to spend the time doing. Yeah, it's really it's really maximizing that. And again, it really, with all of that time savings, really ends up benefiting these small to medium-sized companies that want to get these programs off the ground. But it's, it's going to be a quarter of someone's time, if that. It could be 10% of someone's time. But this, having a platform to operate that means that you can get that going and you can keep it running. Even if that person leaves the company, you have the keys to hand it over to the next person that's operating it. That's a huge issue with volunteer programs as it falls to someone who's really passionate and it might grow and be awesome. And then that person leaves and it falls apart because there's no centralization, no program around it. And that's what having a platform like Field Day really does for for companies is to have something that, okay, you know is going to be there for the long term and is going to be embedded into the culture and and grow that way.
0: Eli, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey. Um, I'm excited to see where you guys go. I know this is uh you, you've been operating field day for, I think for a couple of years now. So uh, coming up I, on two, I, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'll definitely be checking in with you to see how everything's going. And, and full disclosure, Zenium is on field day platform as well. So um, I'll be, you know, close contact with you but anything you want to say in parting or any other just thoughts
1: I think it's hard to kind of wrap your head around how this scales especially with our our vision that we are hyper local so you go on field day and you see nonprofits on field day that are in your local community and we have all these employees and workplace models where people are everywhere and you know I will say we have customers that are using field day even if they have people that are spread out across the country and even globally and so we have features like individual volunteer tracking where someone in their local community can enter the stuff that they're doing and so it is inclusive of, of all employees and we have nonprofits in different parts of the country popping up and getting on field day and so that hasn't been a blocker for companies to adopt the platform. is Even though, yes, we have 65 plus nonprofits in the Portland metro area, because that's where we're starting and that's the stage of company that we're at on the platform, the majority of our customers have an employee base that's everywhere. It's really exciting to see the different ways, the different folks that are able to engage with nonprofits in their communities and for the companies to, to celebrate those folks, whether it's internally with employee recognition or quarterly all hands or externally to build that employer brand on on social media or careers pages and that sort of thing. And so it's, it's been really cool to see kind of the, the diversity of experiences of ways that, that folks are using the platform already.
0: My guest today has been Eli Blackman. Eli, thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Prana. It's a lot of fun.
0: The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on transform your workplaces for general information and educational purposes only. Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.